So, Berto, have you seen the new movie Get Out by Jordan Peele? Have you seen that movie in the theater? Uh, yes, I did, and I'm still traumatized. Well, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the psychology of that movie, because I think it's very interesting. What do you say? Oh, let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I am chair of the Couple and Family Therapy Program at Antioch University, Seattle, and I'm also a licensed therapist. My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I'm in the Depeche Mode cover band, cover band. You're going to see them, the, the cover band. You're going to see yourself tomorrow. Well, I'm going to see the cover band that I'm in a cover band of. Oh, right. It's like, I, I don't like Depeche Mode, but I like this cover band of Depeche Mode. Uh, so we cover them. Right. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to Depeche Mode uh, later this year. <gasps> Looking forward to that. I need to try to buy tickets tomorrow. One of our favorite bands, which makes us old people. <laughs> what on Rotten Tomatoes did do you think that, or do you know this answer? Well, I know that initially it got 100, and then this one dude knocked it down to 99. Yeah. I don't know if it's still at 99. Yep, 99. What about Metacritic? What, I don't what know. score on Metacritic? Just take a guess. Oh, eight. Eight? Nine. No, out of, it's out of 100. Metac- oh, Metacritic. okay. I was like, it. wow, that'd be strange. Uh, 95. Uh, 83. 83? So That's a lot lower, actually. Uh, what budget do you think this movie had? Oh, I heard someone told me this. It was it was uh, in the single-digit millions. Yeah, 5 million. How much wow. has that made on the box office In so the double-digit millions. Yeah, almost 100 million. Oh, almost 100. Yeah, wow. and it's only been out, like, what, three or four weeks oh or something? Oh, my God. That's a great return. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Jordan Peele. I mean, I could imagine that they would have thought that this movie would, you know, make twenty million. Yeah, because you know Keanu had which I didn't see wasn't made by Jordan Peele, but had Key and Peele in it. Okay, and it was okay. okay. You know, it was you, you would think Jordan, you, you would think Key and Peele making a movie, it would just be you know uh-huh. a thousand laughs because their show is so right, funny. right, right. But it was, you know, it was okay. It wasn't bad. Him. It just wasn't great. Anyway, this movie was made by Jordan Peele. Of Key and Peel, Jordan Peel was born in New York City. He his mother is white, his father is black. He is recently married to comedian Chelsea Peretti, who is uh, a hilarious comedian person. Uh, they just uh, they're expecting their first child in early 2017. Here, oh, he's 38 years old. He got a start in Second City in Chicago, which I've been to. It's, a lot of people got their start. A lot of great comedians got their start in Second City in Chicago. Totally. Then he was on, do you know what his main TV show he was on early in his career? Wasn't he on Mad TV? Yeah, he was on Mad TV late in the, oh. in the run. But in 2003, he joined Mad TV. And he was, when he joined, he was like one of the funniest. I, I, I remember, I didn't watch it religiously, but I remember seeing him on it. Yeah, I every once in a while I'll go down a rabbit hole on YouTube and just uh-huh. watch old Mad Mad TV with Jordan Peele. You're now watching Mad TV. The the interesting thing is Jordan Peele back then was super thin, and he would do a right. lot of skit skits without his shirt on, and he and he looks just completely different. <laughs> uh, By then, the way, do you know you have pirates on your carpet? Uh, I actually, they kind of look like monkeys to me. Oh, they yeah. look, so if you look at them this way, they're like pirate skulls with their little pirate hats and, and sort of like feather beards. I think they look like monkey with with pirate hats. <laughs> um, then he was on Key and Peele in 2012, which won an Emmy for Outstanding Variety Sketch Series. 
So he decided to make his first movie, which I'm sure he had been thinking about for a while, given all of his work on TV. Because, you know, Key and Peel was him and, and Key. Right. Key, Key Mike, what's his name? Key? I don't know. Uh, forget his name. But anyway, they, every episode would make these little mini movies. Yeah. And they were all conceptual too. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it makes sense. Although when I heard Jordan Peele was making a movie, I was like, what? But then I thought, well, of course, because every episode yeah. they were making these little mini movies you right. know, that they could expand into something greater. And I remember seeing the the previews. And I go to a lot of movies, and apparently I go to a lot of movies where they thought this movie would appeal to me, but th- <laughs> this preview did not appeal to me at all. I agree. It, I, I, I thought, I, every time it came on, I was like, oh boy, this looks really dumb. Well, I, actually, I, I, I will disagree. Well, let me put it this way. I wasn't turned off by it, but I wasn't excited at all by it. I was like, I saw it, and I was like, okay... I might check it out on like once it comes out on on DVD, you know, whatever. I, DVR. <laughs> I had completely written it off. I saw the preview probably ten times in the last few months, yeah. and every time it came on, I just thought, one, it looks like a horror movie, and I'm not into right. horror, and two, it looks like a bad horror movie, and it felt like you basically knew the movie from the preview, right? So, Berto, did you like it? Did you like this movie? Oh boy, I really enjoyed. In a very stressful way, this movie. Yeah, what do you mean? Oh, like from the uh, from the near near the beginning, um, I was just like so. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert! Scene. We're gonna we're gonna spoil the entire movie. Yes, and this movie is completely ruined if it's spoiled. Yeah, the, the whole point of this movie is. You know, it's like an M Night Shyamalan. Movie. Yeah, there is definitely a big turn of events that, and and it's one of those movies where it it's so much more enjoyable when you don't know it's. That's right. So spoiler alert. Yeah. So basically, look, I I had all those initial scenes where he shows up at the parents, actually starting with the cop pulling over, which they had in the preview, but it's still. I think what the movie gets so right is they really linger in the moments. And they linger on the faces. And so you sort of feel, especially with the big screen, you sort of feel uncomfortable yeah. for them. So like with the cop, the cop's like, hey, can I have, please see your license. And the g- girl, this beautiful, supportive girlfriend is like, you don't need to see his license. Why do you need to see his license? And it's sort of like pause, awkward pause. And he's like, no, it's okay. It's like, no, you don't have to awkward pause and you're just like oh my god it's so stressful and that's like near the very near the beginning <laughs> right and so that i really enjoyed that aspect of it i like things like curb your enthusiasm and other things that are uncomfortable but you know i sort of like working it working my way through them yeah. and this one had so much uncomfortable right it's really great yeah i really liked it as well i gave it a seven out of ten what what would you give it Oh, I mean, for, for me, it's like an 8.5. Wow. Yeah. Well, why do you think there's a difference between you and me in that way? Why do you like it so much? Because, I, I mean, a 7 out of 10, like I've said in yeah, other episodes. Yeah, it's great, but it's... That, yeah. 7 out of 10, when I give something 7 out of 10, that means absolutely watchable. In fact, you should see it. But I reserve 8, 9, 10 for those very rare movies that I think transcend 
the typical solid good movie. Yeah. You know? I think for me, one of them, one of the aspects is that you really could have made the movie that was in the previews. Yeah. And it was so much more. And I agree with you that the twist is a lot of it. But I, I so enjoyed all the scenes leading up to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it had sort of the appeal that I get out of movies like American Psycho or other movies where every scene is really important. Yeah. You don't have wasted scenes. Yeah. And I really liked that. I also thought the characters, the actors and ca- characters were really great. Yeah. Because it was like, there was a, like, everyone was a little bizarre and a little like microcosm of stuff. Uh, so I don't know. I, I really, I want to see it again. Um, maybe I'm too excited right now about it. We'll see after seeing it again if it changes. But yeah. Yeah. For a movie of this genre, I loved it. Uh, I typically don't like these. I don't, I typically don't like horror movies, but honestly, I don't think of it as a, it's, it's being billed as a horror movie, but I don't think of it as a horror movie at all. Right. I think it's more of, what you might call a psychological thriller or a suspense movie or something. Was the brother one of the Culkins? I don't know. I don't think so. Because he looked so weird and yeah. so menacing. Yeah. I actually didn't like his character uh, because he had a accent that was totally oh. different from... It's He almost had like a like a New York accent. It it, oh, okay. it, it, it really sounded funny uh-huh. to me. But anyway, I got this sense from him. Like, you know, once you know the whole story, you realize, Oh my God, these kids right. were raised in a cult in a weird, bizarre. Right. And so you sort of like get this idea that she's a great actress. Yeah. He's not <laughs> right. He, it's almost in some ways you could, I think his name was Jeremy, the brother. You could almost look at the brother as, in the end, it all makes sense as to why he's in such a bad mood all the time. Yeah, because he 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 even though he seems the most psychopathic, he's probably the least psychopathic by the end because you realize <laughs> that he's just a pawn in these three psychopaths' world, right. and the other three psychopaths are so psychopathic that they're, like you said, really good at masking the truth, whereas he's not so good at it. And I get the sense that. I don't know if you if you share in this, but um, it, I got a sense that he was so resentful that they actually preferred the black guys over him. Oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying something that if you haven't seen it by this point and you're listening, will make no sense. But then stop listening. Yeah, stop listening. <laughs> Go watch it. Yeah, come back to the episode. Yeah, uh, save it on your phone. Because remember how how intent he was on like. Uh, you know, I do jujitsu and it's better. It's, you know, you gotta be smart for it. And yeah, there's so many, there's so many scenes that make more sense when you find out at the end, it's almost as if he was like, what am I chop, chop liver? You can't can't cut my head open and like put another brain in mine. Right. Um, right. I want to say this before I forget, but I just want to say that I think it's a little overblown in terms of the critical acclaim. Mm -hmm. And I, and you know, that's someone who is saying that I really liked it. Yeah, you know? 100% is an exaggeration. Yeah, I mean, it is now, I looked on Rotten Tomatoes, it is now out of, what, how many movies do you think have been made in, since movies became made? You know, oh, like, like a million or something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is now number 33 
of the of the best movie of all time on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Number 33. <laughs> it's above Alien, Annie Hall, Gone with the Wind, The yeah. Godfather, <laughs> Toy Story, Jaws, okay. Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> okay, okay. It's overblown, man. Yeah, like it's yeah. a good movie. Solid movie. But this happens a lot with with uh Rotten Tomatoes where you have either under or over by a lot. Yeah. In some cases. Yeah. Like maybe maybe the 80 percentile of movies get sort of slotted right. But then there's these aberrations where they're either panned critically yeah. to such an extreme or, yep, it's 100% across the board. <laughs> right. I, I, I feel like, uh, again, I have no data for this, but my sense is, is that, one, I think it's it's of our time. Yeah. Right? And so I think as a critic you can't go wrong by saying it's wonderful. Right. Two, I'm just going to take a guess and say that most critics are white. Yeah. And the amount of, like that one guy who gave it a bad review, he's probably going to be harassed online because of that bad review of this movie. And I think he's a black guy, actually. Oh, interesting. Well, which, but he's also, he he had sort of anti-fame because he also had brought down the, the score for another really great movie. I'm forgetting which one it was. And he was like the only one who gave it a negative review. Really? That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, again, just total speculation and I recognize, cause you, you know, have a good eye for movies and you're giving it an 8.5, which is pretty high for you. But I, 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 I'm taking a guess and saying that, there's white guilt happening here <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. worry of backlash. If Be- you don't like it. Yeah. I mean, you can't really go wrong by saying it's a great movie, right? You, you can't right. go wrong, but you could go wrong if you decided to criticize it. I mean, I'm not saying because the, the whole thing here is when you actually look at Rotten Tomatoes, you know, look up a decidedly awesome movie, Yeah, you know, like Shawshank Redemption or yeah, something. Yeah. You will find on average, some people at the end of the bell curve who will absolutely hate it. Yep. And, or at least we'll give it like a three yeah, out of 10 we'll or po- something. Poke the holes that it actually does have. It just didn't appeal to yeah, them or yeah. for whatever reason. And the fact that this movie has only one person yeah. who is, who it, you know, who's it, better, who's less than perfect. <laughs> right. Is, is saying something I think about our culture and not necessarily about this movie. I, I, I would see I, – I could definitely see it accounting for some of that. Um, I also wonder, though, if – like in my case where the experience was so exhilarating, I think maybe if you've only watched it once and you rated it really closely to having watched it, I think that might – if you felt like me, we're like, oh, it's like a roller coaster ride. I, I think this happened – and I'm not comparing this movie to Gravity, but do you remember how Gravity was sort of like uh, – um, universally loved for a while. Yeah. But and then you kind of think about it and you're like, well, yeah, wait a second. Because when I saw Gravity, it was definitely a, a thrill ride. But it was a kind of a one, a one done, one and done kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this movie is like that. But I do think that there is that first watching that's almost irre- uh, like you cannot repeat. But because that surprise, the whole first encounter, yeah. like it's really great. And I think if people like saw it that first time, got that visceral experience, wrote their review, that might have also bumped up their. Well, maybe, but I, I again, it's a great movie. Yeah. But when you think about all of the critics universally, <laughs> except yeah. for one, 
I, I just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense because it's not, it's a great movie. It's well-crafted. Yeah. It, it's, it's simple yet complicated, but I think it does suffer from some problems and not major problems, but you know, if you're a critic and you're used to critiquing things, then yeah. I'm sure that you, you could, could, you could write about that. Stuff yeah. And, and so, uh, and it's not like a movie like, I don't know, where it, it's obviously a cl- instant classic. You know, what, what's a movie like Moonlight to some extent to me, it, it feels like an instant classic. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll get off. This, get off this, your anti high horse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the acting was great. Uh, I was completely convinced by everybody. Yeah, that guy, that main dude, what's his name? Um, I forget his name. He's English. He's great. I've seen him in. Other he was stuff. in uh, Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. That's what I. Thought, and he yeah. was in Sicario, which you have which not I still seen. Still haven't yet. seen. Yeah, um, it's a totally effective thriller. The entire movie, especially as it progressed, I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah, no idea what was happening. It was paced very well, edited very well, and I gotta say that girl, the girlfriend. Yeah. She was amazing. First yeah. of all, I like I was in love with her at the beginning. I'm like, oh my god, she's such a great girlfriend yeah. and stuff. And I did. I will. I will say that I did. I I started seeing it coming because I was like, there. They did drop all the signs. Like, come on, how does she not know that there's this yearly thing happening at her? Well, they house? really sold that, right? Because she's like, I don't get it. She's, yeah, but but when like, started, it's the same day every every year, right? And then like, but huh? then then when she was telling him like. Oh no no! You'll love my parents. Still love you. They're totally. And you get there, and immediately she's embarrassed by her dad, and she's all these things. So on the one hand, they did it really great because you can see that sort of like, oh wait, I was in my bubble thinking my family was great, but it right. turns out this is embarrassing. Right. And they did do a good job with her, sort of like, I'm so sorry, I didn't even realize they're just as bad as a cop. Oh my gosh. Right. Um, but then towards like a little later, you do start wondering, how is she? Not finding all of this bizarre. Well, I thought. I, well, I thought they played that pretty well. I mean, I, when the twist occurred at the end, I was when she essentially reveals herself yeah. to be an evil person. I told everyone as a spoiler alert that yeah. just ruined it for everybody. Yeah. If you if you haven't seen it, yeah. um, when she revealed herself as a as an evil person, I was completely surprised. Well, no, you were surprised when you saw the photos, right? Or did no. you think she was hypnotized? I didn't know. I thought I saw the photos and I was like, well, maybe she's in on it, but maybe she's not. Maybe she's hypnotized or maybe she, yeah, I thought maybe she had lost her memory. That's what I was thinking. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't see. know. I was like, maybe she's in on I it see. or, but the way she was acting and the way they were, you know, writing yeah. the, the part, yeah. it, I was like, no, they still left you an out. You're right. Because they showed him finding the photos, yeah. which by the way, is such a great moment because on the one layer, there's the. Oh my God, she lied to me about other guys, right? Which is there, there's that male aspect of like, oh my God, she told me she'd only been, I'm her first black guy. And there's this like 20 photos of her being with all these guys. Right. So, so he's immediately like, what? but, but that's so irrelevant in that moment compared to the realization of, you're going to die. And then <laughs> you're right. She plays, cause you would think if she was aware of her, of him going into that little cubby, yeah. that she'd be like, <gasps> What were you doing? But instead, she's like totally fine. And right. she, so then you're right. It kind of seems like she doesn't well, really know what's happening. And, and the way she's looking for her keys, it seemed like she had been hypnotized where she, well, I can't find them. She seemed like she was confused. Right. You know, right. like her brain was right. short, you know, circuiting yeah. or something. By the way, it's not 
it's entirely possible that she is hypnotized and right. the kid is hypnotized the 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 brother is hypnotized right because you you got to imagine that at the very least they're they're severely traumatized in the way they were raised yeah you know, but the way that they portrayed the hypnotism uh element yeah. which I'll get into the science in a bit they didn't make it out to be something of a mind control thing sure they made yeah. it into a thing where she you could make locked. you fall asleep and yeah. blah, blah blah um I think that this movie is tell me what you think. I think it's I think it's an instant classic, almost like a cult classic. It has cult classic written all over mm-hmm. it, you know. And um also I think it's a great crossover movie because it's horror but without like it appeals to me. Like I saw someone dragged me to see the Conjuring 2 which came out last year mm-hmm. which got really great reviews by the way. Oh, it did. And I was just, it had all the tropes, you know, the, you know, something you see in the background walk, and this movie had that too, actually, but never in this movie was I like, oh God, you know, here, here we go with the horror, you know, the, the music and the tension and the, something jumps out at you and you jump out of your seat and like it, it didn't really have any of that. It, they, but it had the element, the basic suspense of of horror, that's right. almost like um, what's his face, the English director um, from uh, the Birds and oh Hitchcock, Hitchcock, yeah, yeah. Well, they replaced a lot of the jumpiness with not that they didn't have jumpiness, but there was grotesque. Yeah. There were all these grotesque moments where you're like, that doesn't look right. That person does not look right. Like when all the when they go right. upstairs and all the Everyone old people gets... stop and yes. like look up. That was so great. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. by the way, that was another thing that made me think that there was something wrong with the girlfriend too, because she would have noticed that. Right. But of course, they didn't show where she was, and that there were a lot of outs. But I did start wondering, like, that just doesn't seem normal. How could you have spent all your life here and not see all these weirdness? <laughs> you know. Right. And. Given that this was made by uh, Jordan Peele, it easily could have fallen into a comedy, and it did, did have comedic moments in it did, a sense. Yes, but I, if I were the producer listening to Jordan Peele pitch this to me, I would be really worried that it would be a terrible movie. You know, be, yeah. because of of he's just a funny guy, right? And and him writing a horror movie, especially that because you could, if you made this wrong and directed it wrong, yep. it could have absolutely just been a joke. Like, well, this literally could just be a skit on a show, right? Right. It's like boyfriend goes to meet the parents, yeah. and then whoa, they're cutting my brain open, and then ha 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 ha. Yeah. Like it could have it, it it even rode that line because right. the friend that, right. was the friend just was a comedy constantly yeah. joking you know and i mean everything he said was ridiculously comedic what know? was great about the friend by the way is it had that uh remember when the first scary movie came out and uh a scream sorry the first scream yeah and it was like self-aware about horror movies mm-hmm. and i i really thought that that was great because they're like oh every horror movie this is gonna happen and someone's gonna go by themselves and i thought that was a great element right that the friend was doing that in this one he's like <gasps> They're kidnapping black guys, and they're making them sex slaves. Yeah. <laughs> right, which I thought was a brilliant, kind of risky move, because you're essentially calling out the plot and, yes. and ruining the movie. Yes. But when he was saying those things, 
for me watching it, I was like, I don't think so. I was more, I, I felt like I was completely in the main character, Chris's yeah, shoes. Right. Uh, and when the friend was saying basically the truth, I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah. it doesn't seem like that's what's happening. And he had the brilliant insight too, because, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I definitely assumed that in spite of what they were saying and in spite of all initial appearances, that they were absolutely, absolutely traditional white supremacists, probably. That's what I was imagining. Oh, interesting. And so, like, when he first meets the dad and he hugs him, he's like, come here and stuff. In my mind, I was thinking, like, oh, but he's really grossed out by this internally and he really hates them and stuff. But then they were showing him the pictures and he's like, that's my dad. You know, he got beat by what's his name. And I also thought, oh, no, there's a lot of resentment there. And all of that was sort of true, but from the other other angle, which was they, they were racist in this different way. There was like the, like, you are a great physical specimens that we can use to put our brains into it was like that was a, a brilliant twist you know yeah i ha- i think i've begun to realize that when i watch movies i don't try to predict the ending uh, because i think that r- might ruin it for me plus i'm so into the movie that the writer director jordan peele he he's you know chris is the person we identify with yeah you know he's the everyman so to speak and so I was completely with Chris's perspective. And I think when I watch other movies, I'm similar. Because when I talk with you, sometimes you're, you, you'll you do that. Sometimes you'll be like, oh, I, I thought it was going this way. And then when I think back, I don't even think I was asking those questions. You right. know? Like I when the clues were coming out of like, you know, like that one black guy who was the guy from the very beginning, right, Andre. Right his character when he shows up and he has that nosebleed and stuff, I remember just being like, like a tiny little question of like, is this what's going to happen right. to Chris? But I didn't really kind of think it through. I just, I just was, uh, was that guy, the guy from the beginning? Yeah. Ah, okay. Got it. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that. Well, I, I figured it might've been, but I wasn't sure. Cause in my mind, he looked different. Yeah. He looked a little different uh, because it was night in the beginning, yeah. but, but yeah, that was him. Yeah. And it sort of doesn't affect the plot if it is or isn't, but it's cool that it is. Well, it does because you have to know that he was ab- forcefully abducted by yeah. by a, some, I, I, I guess what I mean is helmet. that you could, you could extrapolate to to know that oh they probably have done this to a lot of other yeah. folks, but yeah. So what do you think of the ending? Uh, okay, starting from like where he he realizes what's up and he starts trying to evade the operation basically. Right. Uh, well, first of all, and then he escapes and then, and then the friend Andre shows up in the car. Yeah, that whole part. Okay. Well, actually, so even before that, there was one really amazing moment, which I realize is, is sort of, uh, you know, you're probably going to talk about this, but it's when he's getting hypnotized the first time and she, her voice drops low and she's good. And she's like, fall. You know, and then they show the camera and stuff like that. I thought it was a really cool moment in the movie, even yeah. if it's not very realistic. It was just, it was just like, whoa. Yeah. Because you as a viewer almost feel it. You know, you're yeah. like, whoa. Yeah, we'll get into that in a sec. What do you think um, of the ending? But anyways, uh, as far as the ending, um, I so it had some of the usual horror movie pieces, which is this, the one person is trying to avoid... The, or escape from from the thing, but there was this empowered. Usually, the, the way this plays out in horror movies, it's usually some female who at the end is kicking ass and taking names with the machete or something. So this time he's basically the female, and he's just 
beating everyone down, which which I thought was great. Uh, I love that his final nemesis would be the girlfriend. That's poetic. You know, that's cool. And and she transforms so radically. She's got her hair pulled back. She doesn't look pretty anymore. She looks severe. And she's just like out for blood and is ruthless. Um, like I, Sarah Connor and Sarah Connor. Terminator 2. Uh, I love the parallels with the deer at the beginning. There was a lot of that. Also, the parallels to his story about his mom dying and him. Uh, and so that was great. I definitely freaked out when the cop car showed up. Yeah. I was like, no, you can't end. Like, oh, he's going to get shot on sight. Like, oh, yeah. oh, no. Yeah, I totally thought that would be the case. And, and that was the original ending, by the way. So the original ending was really? Chris, you know, the, the cop, everything is the same. The, you know, that cop, you know, car shows up and white local cops get, get out and convict Chris of, you know, not the cops, but later yeah. on he's convicted of murdering Rose and the family. Oh, how disappointing. Yeah, ah. but interesting would have been an interesting ending, right? Uh, I, I think it would have been a lesser ending because it would have been almost expected in a sense. Yeah. But he's, uh, Jordan Peele said that uh, in the time that he wrote, because he wrote the story 10, 5, 10 years ago or something. Yeah. And since then, there's been a lot of high-profile police brutality arrests right. and, you know, injustices. <laughs> and he ha- has, when he originally wrote the story, he was he wanted to illuminate the world to uh, those kind. But then those became really well-known. Yeah. You could almost say, like... Cliche. Almost cliche, yeah. right. And so... I think Jordan Peele's like, ah, that would that's the expected thing, so yeah. I'm going to go against the grain. I'm so glad he did, because not only would it have felt really bad... Okay, because, you know, on the one hand, if this was sort of a more traditional horror movie, I don't know if you remember, in House of a Thousand Corpses, there is this sort of, like, disapp- very disappointing for the for the protagonist ending, but that's okay, because the real protagonists of that movie are the bad guys, so it's almost like... You, you're you're in this weird dark way rooting for that dark family to sort of succeed in their nefarious things, but in this movie, that would have been really disastrous. So I was so glad that it was him, and and then that added a little bit of that funniness too, because it's like he's TSA and he's got like this TSA car and he steps out. And, um, I thought that was great. Uh, I was expecting them to run her over with the car, so I, I guess I was disappointed by that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, uh, I liked the ending. I thought that it got wrapped up real quickly, which is great. A lot of movies today, especially take way too long to wrap up. And I felt like this one wrapped up real fast. Yeah. And they threw reveals at us pretty fast. They're like, grandma. Right. Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah, Like, like, you know, as soon as he, uh, you know, puts the thing in it, puts the cotton in his ears. Yeah. And then the Jeremy, you know, and he just, put, he just, gr- he grabs one of those, uh, what do you call it? Croquet balls, which yeah. is so white, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and just beats him over the head and then proceeds to slowly kill everyone in the family. Right. But, 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 but in a quick su- succession, you know? Yeah. Because uh, I, I think that would have been tempting as a writer to sort of string out a little bit, and or to make the fight scenes longer, stressful, 
you know, more stressful moments where well, he's hiding and waiting and or and, giving each of the baddies more screen time. Yeah. Whereas, like the dad, he just you know? yeah yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm also really <laughs> glad that it wasn't all a dream because. I thought, well, since hypnotism is involved in this, uh, maybe it. he's going to, at the end, he's going to wake up and be on that chair, uh-huh. sort of like Inception, where they sure. where they leave this question mark uh, as to whether or not the whole thing was a dream, or maybe right. it wasn't, And because I, 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 I was really worried about that. Right, right. You know, uh, I also really liked, I don't know how on purpose this was, uh, so it felt to me like Catherine Keener... Mm-hmm was not very voluntarily doing all of this. I mean, and not that she was hypnotized, but more that she was sort of like going along with it because this is what she's been doing now for years, but sort of like really like half there. Mm. And I, I, and even in that photo, and like in that video where you see the, um, you remember they show him the, the video when he's all tied up of the grandpa talking stuff. Even in there, she's already seeming like she doesn't really want to be there. So I got this sense of um, she was going along for the ride, but not really Interesting. happy about it. I didn't really pick that um, up. Uh, I thought there would be a bigger twist at the end, like the daughter was in control of everybody or the mother wasn't in control of everybody. I kept, I kept thinking that the twist, if there was one thing I was sort of thinking about in terms of the end, I was thinking, is this all going to be a dream because it's hypnotism? Mm-hmm. And... Who is really in charge? Right. Which I thought was brilliant because he didn't. He could have done that. He could have been like, you know, like the dad has his head hit, and then he's like, "Wait a second, I've been hypnotized," you know, this whole time. Or even the girlfriend Rose. It could have been revealed that she was good because that's the whole thing. Like, you kind of want her to be good, right? Because mm-hmm. we sided with her at the beginning of the movie, right? And nope. They're all in it. They're all evil. <laughs> well, and, and you could say the real ringleader is the, the big, tall black guy. Because right. that's Grandpa. Right. He's the mastermind. Right. He's, well, he's not black on the inside. Let's right. That way. All right. Let's take a break. And when we get back, we'll talk about racism, hypnotism, psychotherapy, plot holes, all that kind of stuff. What do you say, Bertle? Yeah. All right. We're back. If you haven't already, become a patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com. When you become a patron of the podcast, you get access to all of our premium episodes in which we do deep dives on various different topics. Also, tell a friend or a colleague about the show. That's how other people learn about us. Also, rate us on iTunes if you can. It's always helpful to do that. And if 100%. You do, yeah. And if you do so, let me know, and I'll send you some swag. Uh, Birdo, let's do a... Inst- oh, no. By the way, so we're also on Instagram just recently. Every now and then, I post some stupid photo on Instagram. So, if you want to see that, go there. But, Berto, give me uh, a first letter, and we'll give somebody some some swag. Oh, There are four O's, Berto. Which one? Give me a number between one and four. Three. Three. Olivia. I think you already chose the O's. Olivia? Uh, I, we didn't I, choose Olivia. They get a chance. They all get right. A second chance. Olivia. If we've already chosen you before, you you get you get more swag. I'm only going to do one because I want to move forward here. So, Berto, racism. What do you think about the element of racism in this movie? Um, well, so on the one hand, it was definitely initially playing to 
sort of that ultimate fear that that black folks must have and that I could imagine having as a Hispanic in some contexts, um, but of going to that pocket of hostile white people that are going to imprison you and hang you, you know, like that's kind of like the ultimate. Um, and I think that's what the previews sort of made it look like. Yeah. Um, they had all these, it seemed like they had all these slave labor black people. Yeah, were, like they had know. that one scene where the woman who, the servant, yeah. is like, no, 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 everything's fine here. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And so it seemed like she was enslaved. Right. When in fact, she's actually the grandma. Right. You know, so. And, uh, okay, so there's that. I really liked that he went even more, like, so he took like this more subtle detour into like no they're a different kind of racism they're certainly racist but they're looking at it from this sort of like well you know my interpretation was this it all starts with this guy gets beat by what's the guy the the famous racer that in the olympics uh owens owens right he gets beat and so the the predictable route is like oh i hate black people so much right instead he's like you know what they are superior physically, but that will make a great host for our superior brains, or at least for our entitled brains. And so then they, they like, he sketches out this whole thing. His son becomes a neural guy, and then he's like, and then he's like, devises this super uh, creepy plot to, we will get the best physical specimens we can, and we will put ourselves in there. And then they sort of convince themselves that, that's actually not racist at all because they love like look we're gonna live in those bodies right what what <laughs> right it's a it's a metaphor for cultural appropriation <laughs> right um, it's a metaphor for objectif- objectifying Total someone from another race yeah yeah uh, and it's it's a uh, it's it's a very interesting it feels you know as I was watching it. It and especially at the end when I finally figured out, oh, they're all taking over black people's bodies. That's yeah. interesting, and it just felt so subtle and nuanced in terms of what it was a metaphor for, right? Because you know they're walking up to him and they're like, they're like, black people are trending now. Yeah, <laughs> and I I know Tiger, I know Tiger, I know Tiger. Yeah, and wow, you know, uh, I like the guy. Uh, from Office Space, <laughs> the blind guy who who ended up right. wanting Chris's body. I didn't catch that. That's the stapler. Yeah, oh. he wanted to see the world through his eyes. He meaning that because he's an artist. Right. Chris is an artist, a photographer who takes pictures incidentally of what looked to be the ghetto. Yeah. And this this. Which is trending now, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's raw yeah, and, yeah. and you know, dark and like gritty and real, right? And this art critic or art owner, art person, wants to be in the body of Chris, which is why Rose, the daughter, sought Chris out in the first place. Yeah, because this one guy was like, "I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to, you know, be in this." Which, guy. by the way, that that's almost a plot hole How's in that. that 
<clears throat> but it it is and it isn't. On the one hand, if you take his explanation about it, he's like, hey, different people have different reasons. Mine is not your, I don't care what color of skin you are. It's because of your eyes, right? Yeah. Okay. But it happens to be conveniently another black person. Right. So that's a little bit of a plot hole in that, or it's at least convenient for the plot in that she's only kidnapped black people. Yeah. And he also is black, even though the reasons for the guy that wants him, he says doesn't matter that he's black. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just one of those like, um, you could have almost, I would have almost preferred it in the end if there were different race slaves. Yeah. And that really, it was a preference thing. Yeah. That almost would have been an extra twist. It's like, oh, this isn't about black people at all. They will take anyone with the right qualifications or something like that. Right. But but, but I that think, would have really uh, diverged from yeah, the overall yeah. message. So I don't really mean that I would have preferred it. What I what I mean is that con- if if he was right and honest, then you would have imagined seeing more diversity. That's that's the thing. Yeah, I thought it was super interesting how they made the daughter part of the conspiracy. Mm-hmm. You know, Jordan Peele wasn't afraid to make all the white people bad in this movie, right? which was a pretty bold choice. And if made in another time or made by someone who didn't have as much juice as Peele does, <laughs> juice and Peele, I am <laughs> uh, imagining that the white producers would have said, let's make one white person redeemable yeah. so that we don't completely alienate all the white people, which is the majority right. of the movie-going audience. It's like the the cop, by the way, was the normal person, even though he still asked for the ID, but he backed off of it. He was still a dick, but but much less of a dick yeah. than the other white. And people. and I got this sense like he was an he was a dick because he doesn't know a different way to be. Like, of course, he's going to ask for the ID of this. I'm not going to say black person, but it's just someone that I find sort of maybe suspicious, but. But he's that way because that's how he grew up. That's his environment. Yeah. As opposed to like these other monsters that are like, yeah, let's collude to kidnap and kill and yeah. take over these bodies. Yeah. The monstrosity of the other <laughs> white people was pretty severe. But I, yeah, I'm sh- I, I'm guessing that uh, somebody either hoped or even said to Peel, look, maybe make the daughter good, right? Because. White people need somebody, and right. that and that's my experience as an Asian American. It bugs the crap out of me that every movie Hollywood makes, for the most part, has to have a sympathetic white person at the center. And other movies, you know, how many movies have a sympathetic Asian person at the center? Right, uh, hardly any. You know, Harold and Kumar is probably like one of the only movies that is like popular, that like is you know totally centered on. Uh, I think uh, Harold is a Korean in the movie. I think in real is life, he Korean? he's Korean, and, he, okay. and then a Indian right. guy. Right. Anyway, by the way, they had an Asian guy bidding as well. They did. Yeah, that, I don't remember that. I uh, remember he's the one who asks uh, the the protagonist. He's like, "Tell me what you think." Do you think black people are at a disadvantage or an advantage in our current society? Oh, right, right, right. And then the dad's like, that's an interesting question. What do you think? Yeah. Um, there were echoes of Trayvon Martin at the beginning as he's walking down the street. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, it's also interesting that this movie was produced and thought up way before Trump was president. Yeah. Which is, I think, another reason why it's getting such 
such great reviews right now because oh, it's interesting. It plays yeah. into things. It's always weird to think it's like, oh man, this is a brilliant so movie. <laughs> yeah, but no one would have predicted right that this is where we'd be right now. You know, yeah. Um, it it plays on the white female taking away our black men theme, <laughs> right? Yeah, and interesting that Jordan Peele, his mom is white, and his oh, and his that. and his wife is white. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what Jordan Peele's thoughts would be about that, but it, you know, it's a, it's a common trope that for, for black women will say like white women just come in and sweep up all of our good black men and we're stuck with, you know, something else. In the Asian community, there are similar things right? where people feel like one, one race or another but it's reversed in gender in Asian culture. The you know the stereotype or the <clears throat> general things that I hear are Asian women are are oh, right. fe- fetishized by right. white men, whereas Asian men are just forgotten right and feminized by society, and therefore Asian women have much more juice <laughs> I see. than than Asian. And so Asian men are the ones going like, people are coming in, sweeping up all our Asian women. Uh, I see. um, Jeremy, the brother, plays lacrosse, which is total white. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, At the end, she's looking at NBA players, which is also, you know, stereotypical of that. I liked the scenes where Chris is at that party and he's made to feel uncomfortable by all the comments of white people trying to make him feel better. Those, those scenes were extremely, well, not feel better, but just like trying to connect with him. Yeah. They were so cringeworthy. Yes. But, but you could absolutely imagine people saying, and I've, I've seen people say stuff like this. I've probably even said stuff like this myself. You know, like the, (laughs) that one person is like, yeah, I play golf. I know Tiger. I know yeah, Tiger. I know Tiger. As if as if for Chris, <laughs> he's going to be sitting there going, great. And as an Asian American myself, I, I've been in, in, and as a Hispanic person yourself, oh, I, yeah. you know, we've been there before, right? Totally. It's, it's, a, it's an innocent thing because it, it doesn't come from a place of hostility. They're trying to connect. It'd be like if I was in the NFL... And someone said, oh, I played football in high school. Right. You know what I mean? If I'm in the NFL and I'm at this super high level and someone's like, yeah, I played peewee football when I was in the sixth grade, <laughs> I don't care. You I know throw I mean? catch every Sunday. Yeah. But but to that person, it's they're trying to connect. You know, yeah. they're, they're trying to say, we have something in common or maybe we can talk about this or... Right. or I love football so much that I played it. And so, you know, yeah. I love what you do. Right. Or, well, for, for me, in, like in high school, when I moved up here, it was always, uh, is your uncle Pablo? Because yeah. you know, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Colombia. They're like, is your uncle Pablo? And everyone thought they were the first one, of course, to say the joke. And I was like, and I would just go with it. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> you know? yeah. But that was like that. It's And that's the extreme case because they're, Literally, the only thing they know about Colombia is coffee and cocaine. So, yeah. right, and so it becomes uh, by the ten thousandth time really tiresome. Yeah, uh, and again, it's it's 
it's innocent and i cuz i cuz i feel like a lot of times the internet and people will pathologize that and just right. and as if the people are doing it on purpose and and they're right. not you know they're ignorant and they you could say they're guilty of not educating themselves on on how that could be bothersome sure. or they're guilty of not exposing themselves to more people of, of different cultures so that they would learn that those things. Right. But it happens both directions because, you know, we had a gringo in my class in Colombia and we had one Asian person. I think I've talked about this before. The Asian, the, the Asian guy got teased mercilessly and the gringo was teased because of his accent mercilessly. Right. And, uh, so every every sort of like cohesive unit tends to be very, you know, weary or, or disrespectful towards like the minority. And in these cases, these aren't necessarily disrespects. Like you're saying, they're almost well-intentioned ways to connect, but you, they don't. We just really don't have innately. We don't know how to connect well with others that are different from us in some way. Yeah. And I will say I appreciated the Pablo jokes better than whether or not I liked tacos. <laughs> uh, well, do you? Like <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about hypnotism. Uh, well, just as a final note on the racism bit, it's hard to put into words how interesting this movie comments on racism in America right now. Right. It we you know gave it a shot by describing some of the elements that we could describe in words, but it's it's hard. If you've seen the movie, which, my God, I hope you have, because we've completely ruined it for you. <laughs> yeah. You know what we mean, hopefully, in that it... Because Chris, the way that he his character is written and acted and directed, like I said, he's an everyman. Right. Like, I, I can identify with him, even though I'm not black. Totally. And you can just feel his and he's trying to be cool you know he's yeah. just like he like he's never a dick like people are like i know tiger he never rolls his eyes uh, he's just kind of you can just see it in his face like he okay. smiles he's like, like oh, okay yeah. all right like when the dad at the beginning is like so how long has this been going on this thing this thing and and he's just this like thing and he, he yeah and he's just like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so that element is interesting. And then the the first scene when Andre is walking down the street, you also kind of identify with him too. Right. Because you're you and he's talking to someone on the phone, he's like, Where is this party? Where am I going? Like I yeah. think I'm lost and 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 then this car pulls up kind of menacingly and you and he's like, Oh boy. He's like, I'm not even gonna deal with this and just yeah. walk away. Right. And 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 the 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 way that it you could relate to him while it was still believable and it just humanized black people in a way that a lot of movies just don't do yep. you know and chris's character you know the 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 weird thing is is i bet you most white people identify with chris than they do with the white people right right uh, at least i hope so anyway yeah um, so anyway, it's hard to put into words how this movie is, and maybe that's why it gets such great reviews is because I can't think of another movie other than like straight out of Compton, maybe a recent movie that really captures the vibe of today's racist state. Yeah. Uh, uh straight out of Compton was, a f was, uh, you know, it, I remember as I'm watching it, I'm like, man, this is totally relevant today. Yeah. You know? right. Yeah. It, it was sort of sad in a way. Cause 
when I was watching that one, I was like, oh, I wish I could sit here and say, yeah, that was like what it was like. Yeah. But A, I didn't know it at the time. And B, now I know that it's like that now. It's right. like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hypnotism. Uh, what do you think of the hypnotism? You you talked about the scene and the way that they you know shot <laughs> I, it, but what do you think of? I, the... Okay, so totally, I was I was fully okay with going along with it being presented the way it was. In meaning, I was okay that it was not necessarily realistic or whatever. But I really liked a couple aspects. One of them is uh, as he starts talking to her, and he's like, "What do you use like a a little you know." what was it the, the, the watch. watch or whatever and she's already doing the little tea thing already at that point and so as the viewer you're like oh no he's already ensnared <laughs> and the way she talked and the way she starts asking him questions i thought oh this is an interesting it was sort of like a different way to present hypnotism than i'd seen at least any time recently because it was sort of like oh she's using sort of emotional manipulation coupled with with like a a distraction, a sensory distraction, and then and then so I was almost like, okay, I could see how in the movie this could work. And like I said, I really liked when all of a sudden she's like, fall down, and then he's like, no, and then her voice goes down, and then he's like, Whoa. I love that. I love the visual of it. I love that they present this sort of like TV screen that he sees. And he's like in this dark world struggling. Um, irrelevant of realism. I just thought that was a neat twist. Because the movie so far had been complete reality. And all of a sudden, like this abstract sort of uh, um, fantasy thing happens. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. Yeah, it, it was reminiscent of Under the Skin, which you haven't seen yet, with uh, Joe... Johansson, what's her name? Uh, Scarlett. Scarlett Johansson. ScarJo. Um, it it had that feel to it also, which uh, I think Stranger Things also sort of stole from. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I loved that scene. The hypnotizing scene with the spoon was totally unnerving to me. I had to actually look away from the screen because <laughs> I, I was like... This is starting to hypnotize me. <laughs> I didn't like it, and 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 actually, if you dissociate, this could trigger you, honestly, because it's it's pretty effective in that it's transinducing. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Now, having said that, that was mostly just my anxiety. There's no, I could have completely stared at the screen and nothing would have happened because yeah. hypnotism doesn't work this way. Yeah. The, the hypnotism bit was completely stupid. Yeah. And and as a person who understands hypnotism, I'm just like, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> I mean, because the whole movie is based on reality. You know, right. there's no... Basically, the way this movie is written, this woman, she's an X-Man. She, you know, she yeah. she's a superhero with this... Or she's God or something. She has right. some completely supernatural power like Superman flying. Yep. To be able to just talk to someone and put them into that state forcibly. Yep. Uh, but, but to be fair, at, at that point, although you don't know it at that point, that is the beginning of the realization that this is a fictional universe because then he's able to transplant the brain, for example. Yeah, but again, <laughs> the transplanting the brain... You could imagine that technology being based in reality. But keeping the other brain around, too. So it was almost like a melding of the two brains. Right. It, it, it was... 
it, you had to at that point be like, okay, it's supernatural. It's uh, you know, it's fictional. It's uh, yeah. sci- it's not even sci-fi. It's it's magical realism, sort of. Right, and so just so everyone understands, hypnotism does not work this way. Hypnotism, real hypnotism, is almost always bastardized in the movies. It's it's because it's it's one of the best story devices yeah for an evil person to erase your memory or control your mind or make you fall asleep or make you do things right also the stage performing hypnotism situations is another situation that's perfect for our culture and that it's super entertaining it's funny to see someone have an orgasm on stage it's also wonderful if you are a ham to act like you're having an orgasm on stage right. and having everyone laugh. It's a huge, uh, uh, you know, you, you get something out of it. All of this is, it's a myth. None of this exists. Right. And it, it, as a person who understands hypnotism, it drives me crazy. You know, it, it, it'd be like every time they depict depression, a third arm grows out of the back of someone's <laughs> back. You know, it's that ridiculous to When me. it's supposed to be out of the front. Right. It's, it's like, okay, yeah, there's this thing called depression, but you don't grow an other arm. There, yeah, it's, to me, it's like, yeah, there's this thing called hypnotism, but it doesn't look like that. And it doesn't work. Like, stop <laughs> portraying it that way. You know, it's not a thing. And so... You know, I want everyone to understand that hypnotism is a thing and hypnotherapy is a thing and it's a voluntary process. Yeah. And it doesn't work on everybody. Yeah. And it and it doesn't it can involve twirling a spoon, but it can involve a watch. It can involve just a clicking noise or something. But you have to do it willingly. You yeah. no one can forcibly hypnotize. If if it was even remotely possible that like a small set, like five different people could forcibly hypnotize even like half the population, they would be instant dictators. Yeah. All they'd have to do is hypnotize, you know, a small set of people to be their minions, you know, like, like you could hypnotize, just say, you know, you get someone off the street and hypnotize and you say, I want you to be you. But when I snap my fingers, you're going to go into a state and you're going to do everything I tell you word right. for word. You know, like you're going to give, you're going to work your ass off really hard and you're going to give me every single penny and right. you're going to live in my basement and you're going to eat bread right. and water. Multiply that by 10. Now you have a 10x income. Now you have yeah, like a million dollars a year. Yeah. And then that'll give you, you know what I mean? Like Now you have X access to the powerful people that you can then hypnotize. Right. So if, hypnoti- if hypnotism worked like this, the world would be completely fucked. By the way, we should write that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the logical hypnotist. The logical hypnotist. <laughs> um, now, hypnotism can, for some people, uh, the success rate is not great, but it, it can and it has been shown to help people reduce pain reduce anxiety, even quit smoking like they suggest in the movie. It can help you fall asleep. But if you've ever have you ever been hypnotized before? No. It it's essentially just imagine if I were to talk with you. It you've done relaxation exercises before, yes. right? Like imagine your the energy from your legs are flowing out through the bottom of your feet. Whoa. It's ex- it's 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 almost exactly like that. I'm now trapped in a black area with a TV. I see you on a TV screen right now. Right. 
Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I was saying. Like, I fully realized from the beginning of that that was like, okay, okay, this is totally fictional, but let's go with it. And then it was very yeah. And as I was watching the movie, I'm like, I was I, I liked the movie so much that I didn't complain about it when it right. was happening. But uh, I made a small mental note in my mind, like, okay, here we go again. Um, <laughs> Now, the psychotherapy, because she's a psychiatrist, right? yeah. which I thought they were going to work in some sort of medical thing, but oh, like they didn't drug really... a pill to take. Or yeah, something. but they didn't need that because no, she had she... magical powers. Yeah. Well, she never had any medical. She didn't do anything medical. That's right. So I was like kind of interesting that they made her psychiatrist instead of just a psychologist or a, just a regular thing. You're right. Because actually, okay. Uh, nitpicking if they wanted to make it which I don't think was the point of the movie but if they wanted to make it more believable you could have gone a more pharmaceutical route right. and then you could actually imagine that she had developed some sort of thing to dissociate the person and yeah. do all these sort of, right yeah but they didn't um, yeah again I will say that this that scene of hypnotizing him was extremely effective I liked the way it was written in that she slowly starts to emotionally manipulate him. But uh, we have to go to a break. When we get back, we'll talk about the psychotherapy involved and also the plot holes and some other points. What do you say, Berto? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we're back. If you haven't already joined the Facebook fan group, do so. It's not run by me. It's run by fans. And you get to participate on there and complain about us, which happens. (laughs) That's why I'd never look at it. So uh, it's called the Psychology in Seattle fan group. So go there. It's run by famous patron Lyndon. Other people who commonly contribute are patron Amy and patron Elizabeth and and other people. Okay, so the psychotherapy involved. It, it's 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 there's it's not heavy on psychotherapy, but it it portrays a psychotherapist mm-hmm. in the mother, and it it plays into all of the stigma around therapy. Now, at the time I was watching it, it didn't, it didn't bother me. But right. when I look back at it, 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 and of course it needed to be this way because the story needed this. Right. But it just adds yet another psychotherapist <laughs> who was a horrible human being. <laughs> yeah, who, who starts therapying on you with, without your knowledge or consent. Right. Who's super pushy. Right. And the fact that, at that stage in the movie, we were still thinking maybe we're in reality here. Maybe they're not bad people. Right. It And that seems believable that yep. she would be super pushy with her technique. Yeah. Is just not the case. I mean, certainly there are some therapists out there that are like that. Right. But ethically speaking, the thing that I tell people is dentists don't walk around on the street pushing <laughs> pushing people over and like pulling out teeth let me look at your mouth <laughs> don't you know therapists don't operate that way either you know we people come to us yes. and they beg us for help and then we provide that help yes and when and when i'm off the clock i'll be damned if i'm going to be working uh, do you know what i mean i mean I, I i definitely had that naive notion when i was younger it whenever i would meet someone that was a, a psychologist I would ask that question, like, oh, are you analyzing me right now? Right. And it's sort of a common fear I think people have. Right. And so this plays on all that stigma. You know, the therapist who has this delusion of grandeur in terms of their power, the therapist is totally in control. We have an involuntary client. 
We have the therapist digging for dirt. The, the, the therapist is going too fast. The therapist playing mind games. And frankly, black people all they already hate therapists <laughs> in general. I mean, not all, obviously, but you know, it's for good reasons. The psychology and psychotherapy, the history of it has been highly exploitative and racist against black people in particular. So it's not for, uh, it's not a justified suspicion of us, but this movie isn't going to help that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, uh, after the movie ended, I, I thought about it. I was like, ah, you know, and this this movie's probably helpful in society, but it, it probably doesn't help my profession very much. Yeah, that's true. All right, so some what, what about neurobio or uh, neurosurgeons? Right, exactly. they got a bad rap. <laughs> yeah, and and scientists tend to get a bad rap in movies. That's true. Also, you know. Uh, all right, plot holes, and I realize that plot holes. It's these aren't technically plot holes. They're just the gripes, the, grape, gripes of rap. Yeah, they're just like plot problems, <laughs> but. The the black people go missing, yet their face stays the same. Right. And it seems like they would be easily recognized. I mean, if they plan on doing this for more and more people, yeah. they have a problem on their hands. They do, especially because these aren't slaves actually kept in a dungeon. Yeah. These are the replacement of them. Right. So they're like, walking around. They're going to the store. They're Yeah. Like they're that traveling. couple that came over with yeah. the guy, the black guy from the beginning. Yeah. He was dressed in these clothes, but he was still the same guy. And they are doing, like what you're saying, they're out and about. They're yeah. in the world. Right. And he was still missing. So they hadn't told, he hadn't decided, okay, I'm going to go back to my old world and say, by the way, I'm I've, different I've fallen in love with this yeah. old woman, you know. And, and, and you know, they, they, one explanation could be like, that's right. That's how bad this is, that a black person could go missing and they'll never be found because they're in this totally different white ecosystem. But if you really wanted to button up your process, sure. you would, I don't know, have a disguise or just not. Or, or just do what you just said, which is go back, okay, go back. Yeah. They'll feel terrible about it, but that's it. I'm cutting ties. I've changed. I've become a whatever. You right. Know? Right. Because, you know, if you were transported into someone else's body, all you got to do is go back and just start alienating everybody. And who's going to say, wait a minute. Are do you, you have another brain? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so there was that kind of, and that's not a big deal. But by, by the way, they have a built-in excuse. Because you know how everyone, all of them have the, the scar? Yeah. You can say, look, listen, I don't know what, I got in an accident. Definitely yeah. my head, I had some head trauma. Maybe that's why. I can't explain it. Yeah. But I need to change my life. Yeah. Um, the other thing, the, another problem with the story, I thought, is why would they not just tie him up as soon as he arrived? I mean, what, what what's the point in keeping him mobile? Because he could have ran away. At any point, he could have, like, in the middle of the night, he could have right. gotten a car. <laughs> yeah, especially considering that the, the, you know, other than the initial encounter with the parents... Everything Im almost immediately after that starts being extremely fishy and weird. Right. So it's not like they had a really buttoned up, tight operation. The son is an extreme liability because as soon as he walks in, he's like, let's wrestle. And yeah. he's staring at him and it's like, geez, what the yeah. hell? I mean, if the whole, because the whole idea is they're, they're trying to suck him in and yeah. keep him there. And then keep him there for that party so that... So that they can bid on him. So that they can bid on him, so that they can make money, 
and then you know so they can have a peaceful transfer of brains but right away everyone like she hypnotizes him there's no need for that uh he the the father is is real goofy oh they did say the one thing about oh you're right that the hypnotism on accident didn't have to happen they could have tied him up and done it but the one guy uh the guy from the stapler did say that it seems to work better if it's a willing if the other person's willing or you know right understands the process or some of that so you could sort of say but it still doesn't make sense because he still was not willing. He was right. still tied up. Yeah, he's so. not willing, yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, they're like, I don't know. It just seems like... But again, the story had to be that way yeah. because it needed to it needed to build that tension. Yeah. But again, it just seems a little weird because this is not the first time they've done it. They the Rose had, had dated tens of dudes. Yeah. And so, they've been through this process a lot. They did say something. Clearly, they didn't have to bother with any of that when it was the sun collecting them because he said like, yeah, the sun's collection methods, you wouldn't want that. Yeah. And so, what, what was interesting is they sort of did solve your problem when it was the sun's Bring the sun bringing people home. Maybe that, and now I'm excusing their plot hole. Maybe that's why the sun was so pissed off, too. He's like, Why do we have to go through the charade? Like, I bring them already tied up and ready to go. Why do we have to go through this? Right. <laughs> and maybe that's why it doesn't work as well with Andre when, you know, because yeah. it seemed to not be as a good of a. Oh, interesting. Anyway. That could be. Because um, the grandpa definitely seemed well in there and he was yeah. recruited by the daughter right huh. and and so was the grandma right right that was shocking uh so the other thing is is why is she looking for the keys when she when we know that she's when she knows she's not going to find them do you know i think like, she was trying to make him feel but why uh, but why do you know what i mean like she should have been like uh you know like pulled out a gun and just said, like, uh, by the way, put these handcuffs on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But instead, she's like, I don't know where the keys are. And then they've got to walk all the way down. He could have bolted out the door and just ran, and they wouldn't, you know, that'd be a, at least a hassle to kind of try to get him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so, again, at the time, I'm not thinking this, but when I thought back, I'm like... I, I sort of do get a, a sadistic vibe, though, yeah. from the family. Because if you think about it, the the son is definitely a sadist, right? He's like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna wrestle these guys, blah blah. Yeah. The uh, daughter, once you get to really know her, she doesn't. She, I mean, she said you were my one of my favorites, right? But when she's going through, like at the end, they show her looking through the basketball people and stuff like that. She seems completely cold and detached, you yeah, know. Yeah. And the dad, he's sort of like enjoying the process, you know. He's like. So I I I think the mom was the only one that was more like dragged along. Like she she was like, oh, why are we doing this stuff? I think that's just um, uh, what's her Keeler? What's her name? Catherine Keener. I think Keener. Yeah. I think that's just kind of her, her way of, way of <laughs> acting. Could be another another plot problem is why not just eliminate his phone as soon as he got there? They unplugged it. Yeah, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, well, because he'd freak out. Where's my phone? But there were there you know there could have been ways like she you know Rose could have taken it and dropped it in the toilet on accident, right. or they could have 
just taken it and then he'd been like where's my phone and, right. and everyone was like oh i don't know and then right. because he was calling his friend right giving him updates right or and he was taking pictures right. of andre and other people right. like that was a major yeah, liability that's true. That's true. and again this is like the at least the 20th time they've done this you'd think other guys would have you know like you could run and bring your phone with you and like call the cops that's right i i, I do Again, I'm now I'm fixing their their issues with logic, but I do get this sense of like they are so sure of themselves. Yeah. So they're like they're almost doing it with right the, out in the open. All the other things make sense, but the cell phone thing that uh, because you can be so sure of yourself and still recognize if the cops come by here, we're screwed. Especially considering if they knew that a flash can trigger someone to snap out of it. Right. That's a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, why did they even bring Andre to that party? He didn't need to be there. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, beca- like, well. The, the right. guy that the Flash. Right. Mess so with dude, it. don't, don't like, come to the party. Like, why? Yeah. What, he doesn't. They're not there to bid on him because right. they already have they already a guy. Have him. So why is he even there? Again, he needs to be there for the story. Yeah. But. It doesn't I guess, make a lot of again, logical I'm, sense. I'm just I'm the uh the, the public defender here. I totally agree with you, but in the public defender's eyes, he's their friend. Of course he comes to the annual party. Yeah. He, they've been friends for years. Right. But where <laughs> of all where are all the other friends? Because she abducted they've all abducted people. tens of tens of people. Where are all them? They had unfortunate accidents had yeah. Remember they also had a lot of the first operations didn't work at all. Yeah. I'm making that up. Um <laughs> The other scene, and maybe you can tell me why this is, but the, when the grandfather is creepily running, running? straight at right. Chris, straight, and then takes a total right angle turn. <laughs> Which, by the way, have you heard that that's now a thing? People are filming themselves trying to recreate that. <laughs> that's funny. But like, I know that he, that was the grandfather. He was he, a runner. He was a runner. But and so I get the so the part that makes sense is he's getting to enjoy this powerful body and running in it when he was already old yeah. he couldn't run anymore. But why so is he running excited. in the middle of the night straight at Chris and then does a right angle instead of like, oh hey Chris, how's it going? <laughs> or if they wanted to be subtle, that was not the way to do it. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like if I like I was surprised Chris didn't punch him in the face or run. If someone, honestly, if someone did that to me, I'd be like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Right. You know what I mean? That was... That was it. He was threatening me. He's running straight at me. In the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, get me out of here. Do You know, like, again, you needed to have that scene because it needed to be weird and creepy and get your heart yeah. going. And But at the same yeah, time, you're right. like, okay. what is his motivation it's, at that it's point? It's so funny. Like... That that's why I was saying that I think if you watch it again, maybe the score drops a bit because in that first viewing, it was sort of like when we watch Rogue One, that first one shot it's like amazing and you don't yeah. really think about all these issues. Yeah. And then the second time you watch it, you're like, Oh that's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um also and an, another kind of plot problem was at the very end when he uh is being the grandpa black guy is on top of him and he takes his phone out and he does a flash to, right. to get wouldn't rose have seen that and and then not 
given him because he stands up and says, "Give me the gun. I'm going to shoot him." Yeah, let me. I'll do it. And then she, he and then he gets the gun and shoots her. Right. So wouldn't she at least be suspicious of this guy because she? They all knew that flash photography does this. Yep. So why didn't she, and she, and they're in the pitch black of the night. She, she would have seen, seen the, the flash. flash. So it's like what. At the very least, she would have been like, nah, I'm going to pass on giving you the gun. I think I'll shoot him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so... I thought or she would have just shot him and be like, oh, whoops, sorry. I I was already in the process of shooting him. Right. <laughs> like it's, it's, that was a bit of a problem, too. Yeah. A little convenient, you know. Um, oh, but like I said, uh, I like this movie, 7 out of 10. Yeah. And even with these problems, it's not a big deal. And whenever you have a twisty movie like this, yeah. that has a ton of suspense and like a twilight zone feel to it. You have to do certain things to make the movie go fast. Mm -hmm. And also because the whole idea is, is things get twisty and you don't know where you're at, you know, and you got grandpa running straight at you and you're like, what's going on? And it's supposed to throw you off the scent and give you this creepy feeling. And so, right. Like I said, as I was watching it, I was totally into it. But then later on, I thought back and I was like, why was he running straight at him? <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't mean, you know, um, other things that I could say is I, I thought it was cool how the, the final black guy stood up for Chris and shot Rose. Right. Again, just really nailing home that, you know, these white people need to be put down. <laughs> That's right. Now, I was a little confused as to why the only way out f- for us to kill himself, you would have... Th- I, I guess I guess maybe he's like, I'm a abomination, half-brain, and blah. You know, maybe that was it. Well, he's in he's in the, the deep place. But he was in control at that point. But he only comes out every now and then. Uh, so, yeah. so he's an eternity... In the, in the deep place, whatever yeah. they called it, you know? as a passenger. Which, by okay, by the way, that is a very fascinating uh, part of this, which is sort of this concept of uh, uh, you could imagine a, a brain having more than one consciousness, like in in the case of uh, you know multiple personalities or things like that. But you could imagine having some conscious piece that can't communicate with the other conscious piece and be observing without being able to act. Yeah. And then, and then when, when we think about that, we actually already have that in a way because we have, uh, you know, those little voices we have in our head, like, like, oh, I really shouldn't eat this thing. I really shouldn't buy that thing. Or why am I going to this party? Or I shouldn't do, you know, all these kind of things. And then the other voice comes in and overrules and like does it. You almost already have a little bit of that dynamic happening. It's just not a fully formed person with a name and a story it's more like aspects of our of ourselves that are locked away sometimes sure that was fascinating uh the scene with the grandmother when she's like no no yeah no 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 no. that scene was so amazing and she yeah because she was so creepy in those moments yeah but creepy but also it the acting was amazing really and the writing for it was amazing i mean it it was she's got that so, smile, like, yeah, no. like there's so many, there's such a, there's, there's such a confluence of emotion, and you get that little tear that's happening in that moment, right? Yep, uh, it's so interesting. All right, bottom line, I'm super glad this movie was made. Yep, that's why we're. I mean, ha, ha, there's a ton of movies that you and I see. Yep, I really wanted to make an episode about this movie because 
Yeah. It, it's such an important movie. So good. Uh, uh, for our time. Um, I'm super glad that people like this movie and are seeing it. Right. I think that's a very good sign that it's popular. You know, through entertainment, uh, you know, this movie is an entertaining movie. By the way, has there been backlash about it? I'm sure, but I haven't heard it. I haven't it. heard of it. Uh, through, through this entertaining movie, this movie will likely provide an incremental, another incremental step towards social justice in our overall effort to erase or account for racism and make this a more equal and just society. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself and get out because you are brainwashed.